Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 20th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, it is a hard battle to fight for the sacred cause of liberty. Right now, folks are being marginalized. And wow, it's just a tough road to hoe. They lie about us. They manipulate the truth regarding what we're discussing and why and who and what. And it is just a tough world to be involved in. Uh, right now, especially if you're discussing all things Liberty. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on, Mr. James Edwards. We talked about race, politics, and hypocrisy in the 21st century. Uh, ThePoliticalCessful.org is James's website. We talked about a new video from January the 6th. Shows cops reasoning with, they say protesters, but I want to say folks who are advocating for their right to peacefully assemble. They're all inside the Capitol. No attacking, no assault, remain calm. This blows a rather large hole in the liberals of the Democrats' narrative and their insurrection story and directly contradicts the events as they claim them to be. Keith Robichaud is the police officer in the narrative, or in the video, I should say. And um, all I can tell you is that the protesters, or what I would say is the people who want to peacefully assemble, are literally agreeing with the cop, look, we don't want to riot, we don't want any harm, we don't want um, to do any damage. And literally they're yelling to the whole Capitol right there, yelling as loud as they can, hey, we need to be peaceful. Our First Amendment right calls for peace. This is serious and blows a hole in the narrative of the mainstream press that, you know what, there might have been some insurrectionists there, and the question is, who are they? Well, the problem is the Republicans want to look into uh, the Capitol and Seattle and Chicago and all around the country where insurrections have taken place. The Democrats only want to look into the Capitol. Time will tell where they're going to go. The House passed only looking into the Capitol legislation. The Senate has done nothing so far. Time will tell where all this goes. I want the truth, but I don't trust we'll get to the truth. But I'm telling you right now, the truth is vitally important. Speaking of the truth, Rand Paul turned out to be right. Fauci got caught lying again. You know Fauci lied and said we didn't need masks, and then he said, oh, I guess you do. Well, then he lied again because we really don't need masks. He told the truth the first time, right? Anyway, I digress, except for he said the reason I lied the first time is I didn't want the average American to take masks from the frontline health providers who needed them. And so I lied and said you didn't need masks. But now that we have enough of them, you really do. Well, Fauci just lies, lies, lies. So then Rand Paul came along and said, you've been vaccinated. Your wearing of two masks is nothing but political theater. And Fauci said, oh, you're, you're, you know, he got all mad at Rand Paul and everything else. And the battle raged. But now two months later to the day after Rand Paul said you're involved in theater, it turns out Fauci admits that he was. Senator Rand Paul wins. Dr. Fauci admits he wore a mask 
for show, supposedly to avoiding mixed signals was the goal, the reason, the claim. Wow. Fauci finally admits that it was indeed for show and Rand Paul was right. See, the problem is Fauci needs to be fired. He's dishonest. He's a liar. Joe Biden, quote, those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. Wow. Joe leaves stage maskless after he says, for God's sake, wear a mask. So Biden's out of control in every way. But when Biden says those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price, I got to wonder, is that a threat? Yeah, Joe Biden meets firefighters maskless after touting mask mandates. That's Breitbart. Eric Clapton describes his disastrous vaccine episode. He trusted, took the vaccine, got super sick. He He said he thought he may never play guitar again. And he tells the truth on the vaccines. The problem is uh, the mainstream press is linking a story back to 1975 when uh, I guess Clapton made a couple of comments that now are deemed racist. And and now they say he's lost all credibility. And he made those bad comments back in the day when he got beat up over it. And it was because of his drug use. Well, now they're trying to tie the 1975 comments, the drug use back in 75 to his comments today which is an absolute dishonest narrative. They're trying to discredit Eric Clapton, who's basically saying, look, the masks are disaster. I'm sorry, the vaccines are disaster. And those who tell you they're safe and effective are just not telling you the truth. Wow, the rocker tells the truth. The mainstream press goes berserk. The COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act, a.k.a. the Anti-Asian Crime Bill, passes head to Joe's desk for a signature. This will be disaster, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to hate anybody. But when you start to think about hate crimes, you're getting into the thought police era or idea. You're also getting into the, you know what, race baiting discussion. You know, do the Asians deserve more protection than the blacks? Or do they deserve more protection than the whites? You know, where do we go with this racist rhetoric? It's disaster. Team Biden's rigid control of the press. Tim Graham wrote the article. We talked about that in great detail. New York Magazine writer Olivia Nuzzi also wrote about how the White House is now policing the language of politics, controlling what we can see uh, and hear. So stories now have to be brought from press writers, from journalists, to the White House, let the White House review it and approve it before they can go to print. And if they don't, then they're on the outside and they don't get inside reporting. I'm telling you right now, Biden belongs in prison, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is out of control. All right. Does a Biden executive order announce an all-out lockdown of political opposition? Tom DeWeese writes the article. It is spot on. It's posted to libertyroundtable.com now. Good for Tom DeWeese. Great article. AmericanPolicy.org. Biden's woke U.S. military hires marketing firm now to help find recruits on social media. So now what they're looking for is the bisexual, the non-binary, the transgender, the cross-dresser, the in-drag, the etc. And if you're a Christian, heterosexual, uh, male, you're not welcome in the military anymore, ladies and gentlemen. You're being drummed out. There you have it. 
Why are the American people so disengaged? It's the economy, stupid. We talked about that in great detail, great detail with James Edwards. We also talked about child tax credit, advanced monthly payments starting in July, USA Today. 300 bucks for kids under six, 250 for kids above six, up to $3,000 per child coming to a advanced funds near you, right? Maricopa bombshell, election database erased, they say, just before audit began. But now it turns out, I guess that story isn't accurate, according to the Daily Caller. Now, the Daily Caller said group hired by Arizona Republicans to conduct an audit of the state's 2020 election results found out, hey, the database wasn't deleted like they thought it was. So there's an update on that. Biden to the press, I'm not supposed to be answering these kind of questions. It's criminal when the president of the United States, whom we elected, can't answer questions from the press in front of the people. Who's giving the orders, I would ask? And who's above the president? Huh? Joe Biden ripped for threatening to run over a reporter. They say he was joking. I don't see it that way. If it was Donald that did that, they wouldn't say it was a joke. They would say how sick Donald is, right? But they give Donald or they give Joe a pass. What a sad tale to tell. We also talked about Bill Gates pursued several women in his office while married. He also hung out with Jeffrey Epstein. Why? He wanted to get a Nobel Prize. Wow, what a shame. What a disgrace. But there you have it. Why aren't either bill being touched? Where's the Me Too movement when you need them, huh? All right. That's the end of the recap of yesterday's show. Still available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Eldon Stahl, our guest today. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. It's great to be here. Man, we've got so much to discuss, ladies and gentlemen. Eldon Stahl is the field coordinator for the John Birch Society for our area up here in the Rocky Mountains. His websites, jbs.org, that's the John Birch Society, jbs.org, and thenewamerican.com, an incredible magazine. I mean, I don't know that there's a better magazine out than The New American. And I will say uh, another thing about the uh, John Birch Society. I mean, their work has just been so stellar over the years. They're the ones that put the appropriate vote records together. Um about all your politicians and kind of where they stand and who's constitutional and who's not and why and all that kind of stuff. Just tremendous, tremendous work and reporting from jbs.org and thenewamerican.com. So that's important to know. Uh, Eldon, there's so much going on in the news. Do you want to mention anything on the recap real quick? Well, uh, it's interesting to see how Biden's antics, isn't it? Just uh, how he's how he's saying, "Oh, you got to wear a mask or else, or whatever," and uh, and then it, it's just all for show. And we've we've seen some of that, haven't we? And uh, uh, this thing, I, I don't know if you're aware of the, what's going on in the U.S. House, right? People just not want to. Yeah, wear we're going to talk about that in a second. We'll talk about masks in the U.S. House as well. Uh, some congressmen uh, and women getting fined. By Nancy, whacked out Nancy Pelosi, 500 bucks for the first fine, 2500 for the second. And what's beyond that? I don't know. Probably death. I'm just not sure. Just kidding. Hope not. Pray not. By the way, Kirk Crosby will chime in in seconds. He's with us as well. You are listening to The Real Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. 
Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. call is being transferred to the listening ear. Listening professionals dedicated to hearing you. Hello, listening here. Who am I listening to? Um, Carrie, but I was calling my mom. Yes, you were, but your mom was so busy she felt it was important for you to have someone who could completely focus on listening to you and you alone. So she subscribed to our service. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, I'm not quite sure. Where to start? Well, I can listen to school issues like science projects. I can listen to boy problems, although that's an extra $3 per call because of the emotional drain on me. How about we start with how you wish you had made cheerleader? I didn't try out for cheerleader. Um... This isn't, uh, Mary? Carrie. I'm Carrie. Oh, oh, sorry. There is no substitute for a loving parent. And when you really listen, love is what they'll hear. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl, TheNewAmerican.com, JBS.org, and Kirk Crosby in the roundtable. So, yeah, these masks are very, very interesting uh, indeed. It's kind of scary what's even happening with this. Uh, the Fauci lied, got caught by Rand Paul lying. I mean, in the, what my kids would say in that is roasted, you know. Uh, Fauci got roasted by Rand Paul. That's for sure. But the problem is this is where uh, Fauci's claiming he's going with the science and he's literally caught lying. They need to fire Fauci immediately. Uh, but now that mask question, uh, uh, people are being abused all across the country uh, over this issue, including people in the House of Representatives being fined, Kurt. Well, yeah, Sam, uh, the bottom line is, uh, I mean, there's some crazy people there in Congress who feel like, Hey, um, they've had way too much of this whole mask thing, Sam. And uh, so they, uh, I mean, they're showing their displeasure at the idea of a mask, and uh, Nancy's not very happy about it, is she? No, and the bottom line, though, is the law isn't with her. And where she gets authority to just uh, fine and individually do this, this is a problem, uh, Eldon, that I see. Why do we have certain Congress... Uh, men and women who have more authority than others, like you're a super senator or just because you're the speaker of the house or this or that, that shouldn't give you more authority. It's more of a, it, it, at least it should be more of a, well, we need somebody to coordinate. So you're the speaker of the house, but that doesn't give you like greater authority to abuse the, the house on things that don't relate to laws or anything else. I mean, it's insane what's happening here, but we, the people just simply go, Oh, that's, that's horrible. And we do nothing. Ellen. 
Yeah, I think there's some author- uh, some argument for uh, kind of uh, diminishing the the power of leadership in Congress. And I've seen this also in uh, state uh, houses, state senates, and uh, as such, they they give so much power to say the speaker or the president of the Senate, and then um, that's where the decision making is is largely done. Unfortunately, uh, and it's gotten to the point in the U.S. House uh, for a time where People just couldn't bring amendments, and of course, that's a that's a key legislative uh, action to amend something that's a proposed law. Uh, but this is uh, it's kind of getting out of hand here. I, I I know there's rules, of course, uh, for decorum and and uh, dress and things, uh, of course, in legislatures and Congress. But uh, this one. Uh, It seems to be losing any credibility so far as justification, um, if there ever was any. What do you think? You want to respond to this, Kurt? Well, um, man, this has been the case, I think, all my life. You know, the uh, insider boys uh, plan the deal, and it seems like uh, any of the... uh, I don't know, sensible ones in Congress seem to be left out of the mix. And, uh, you know, everybody's just wondering uh, what's really going on. Thank goodness uh, our government's not very efficient or the rest of us would be in real trouble. But, uh, you know, and the checks and balances and things that the uh, Constitution, you know, is, uh, well, I guess I was going to say laden with or at least... uh, provides for i mean the little bits that get followed there i mean compared to uh the king of england and stuff uh you know at least we don't have quite as many uh i mean at least we got a lot more kings now but we don't have one king you know we're supposed to have one king and that is king jesus uh but we seem to have a lot of kings and queens or wannabes uh whether it's nancy or her uh her like right Amen to that. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. So little time to get it done. Now, Utah is in the news. They're uh, working to vote against critical race theory. The Utah House and Senate have called for an extraordinary session to pass resolutions encouraging, urging the state's school board to ban critical race theory in public schools. Kind of an interesting uh, deal. This is becoming a big issue. I spoke about it at the rally that took place uh, in Battle Mountain, Nevada, last week. I was there live and uh, spoke, and I spoke out against critical race theory big time. Uh, And I did so uh, as the county there, Lander County, became the first constitutional county in the country declared so by their commission and um, agreed with by the sheriff, amazingly enough. And uh, we were there. It was a great time. And now more Nevada counties are working on becoming constitutional counties. And they joined the CSPOA uh, as constitutional counties. But critical race theory is serious. State legislators, they say, organized the move for Wednesday afternoon. I guess that would have been yesterday, right? But Spencer Cox decided not to include critical race theory or CRT in the special session agenda. He argued that the issue needed more time, more thought, more dialogue to kind of work through it. 
But the bottom line is, you know, they say this is evil. This has got to stop. We can't have critical race theory uh, in our government schools. Um, let's first have Eldon respond to this. What do you think of that move, Eldon? Well, uh, you probably know what I would say is uh, let's let's get rid of the government schools. But uh, if if we set aside that argument, uh, certainly, yeah, let's get rid of the critical race theory. We don't need uh, agitation within the government schools any more than we already have. And we we need to make sure at least that uh, we, we don't put out these, uh, you know, rabid activists uh, for uh, trying to tear down uh, Western civilization out of uh, government schools, which is uh, increasingly what's happening, unfortunately. But the critical race theory kind of throws gasoline on the whole fire, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Quick summary of what critical race theory is, then a quick story from me that I echoed in my speech uh, when I spoke uh, last weekend, as I mentioned, in Lander County, Nevada. And then we'll turn it over to Kurt and get his take on this. So critical race theory summation says this. You know, whites are racist, so systemic, so ingrained in their psyche as whites that they don't even know they're racist, and it doesn't matter. That just proves, furthermore, that it's so systemic and so true. Whites are racist, and there's nothing they can do about it, period. It's just that way. They're just flat-out racist. Anybody else that's not white cannot be a racist by very nature of the fact that they're a victim. So whites are the racists, everybody else the victim. That is the theory, that's the claim, that's what they're teaching. And they're teaching that whites must spend the rest of their lives apologizing and, and literally groveling before everybody else for apologies for their, well, systemic hatred and racism. And everybody else should literally take advantage of that and use that to, well, prevent whites from having such a privileged life above everybody else. It's white privilege that's just got to be jettisoned, and we've got to have generations of overturning of that. In my personal view, it's race discrimination in reverse. It is hostile, it is evil, and we should never, ever teach such dishonest doctrine. Have there been wrongs in the past? Without a doubt. Can we go forward and look at each other like brothers and sisters? And Well, I think we can and we should. I ended my speech by saying, you know what? We're all God's children. Let's behave like it. Let's act like it. Let's treat each other with the respect that we all want. We all want the same things, right? That's how I ended my speech. But here's the story that I want to tell related to this critical race theory discussion. Remember, I'm the racist because I'm white. I'm a totally blind person if you're not aware. I get a knock on my door, and I go open the door, and a guy starts talking, and he says, hey, man, I think you need to buy some of this window cleaner, and he starts going off about selling me something. And I stand there, and he's talking and talking, and then all of a sudden my daughter walks up by me, and she says, Dad, he's trying to shake your hand. Well, how would I know? I'm a blind person. I didn't know. So I put my hand out. He pulls his hand back, and he goes, that's okay, sir. It don't rub off. And I said, well, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you were trying to shake my hand. I'm a blind person. My daughter just told me, so now I'm ready to shake your hand. I didn't realize you were trying to shake my hand. No, sir, it's okay. You don't got to make excuses for it. It's all right. I'll just go away then. I know I'm not welcome in your neighborhood. I'll just leave now. I'm so sorry to bother you, sir. It don't rub off. Just remember that, please. And he left. And I ended before I said, we're all God's children. Let's behave like it by saying this. Who's the racist in this story, uh, Kurt? 
Well, in my opinion, uh, he is uh, the gentleman or, uh, you know, the individual that was at your door. Uh, even after you informed him of exactly the situation, uh, he didn't, um, I, I guess he just didn't understand. I mean, I, I just don't know why he would respond like he did. I don't know the answer either, but I, I think he should have went, oh my gosh, sir, I didn't realize you were blind. Wow. Wow, you're blind. You got a family. I could have shook his hand. We could have had a great conversation, but no. Now, does my whiteness rub off? Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The House passed legislation to create an independent 9-11-style commission to investigate the January 6th siege on the Capitol in a 252-175 vote on Wednesday. Under the legislation, each party would select five commissioners with expertise in national security and law enforcement to look into the security failures. Representative Bernie Thompson, the Democrat from Mississippi, helped build bipartisan support for the bill. Democrat legislators have introduced a measure to block the sale of $375 million in weapons to Israel, saying the Biden administration should not be rubber-stamping arms transfers to the Israeli government as it bombs the besieged Gaza Strip. On Wednesday, a group led by Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez introduced legislation to block the recently announced sale of precision-guided munitions to Israel. China has reacted with fury after the United States sent the USS Curtis Wilbur through waters in the disputed South China Sea near the Parcel Islands. China said it was illegal. USA Radio News. Recently, President Trump was talking about the big news networks, and here's what he said. We have others that come along, and they're doing well, and uh, uh, Newsmax has been really good, and, you know, others are coming along. Many Americans agree. Newsmax TV is really good. Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans watch Newsmax. You should, too. And find hit shows with Greg Kelly, Grant Stitchfield, Sean Spicer, and Lindsey Keith. Tune in tonight for Newsmax's newest show with Steve Cortez. It's called Cortez and Pellegrino. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable system. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. Plus, get Newsmax free on most smart TVs and OTT devices like Roku, Pluto, Zumo, and Amazon Fire. Millions have already downloaded the free Newsmax app on their smartphones. So start watching America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Because Newsmax is real news for real people. So what happens when your state capital clear across the state and your county have very opposing political views? You move your county to another state. That is the reality in the Pacific Northwest. Dan Naraki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. A number of counties in Oregon have voted to try to secede from their state and join Idaho. The five rural counties all approved separate measures on Tuesday to require county officials to promote a move to Idaho. The five counties lie east of the Cascade Mountains with two on the current border with Idaho. A local conservative group that backed the measures says the voters of those counties sent a clear message that they no longer wanted to be under the auspices of the Democrat-controlled state government. Changes to a state's borders would require a bill to pass through that state's legislature, an agreement made between the states whose borders are being altered, and ultimately the plan needs to be ratified by Congress. Oregon became the 33rd state of the United States on February 14, 1859. 31 years later, Idaho became the 43rd state. Thanks for listening. It is well appreciated. We are USA Radio News.
begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't understand really what happened in my exchange with that guy, except for I guess he didn't know I was blind. And first off, I didn't know he was black or white or anything else. Uh, you could say, well, Sam, you could tell from his, his speech that he was black now. Come on. Well, maybe. There's, there's a lot of black people that don't sound black, and there's white people that are from the South that sound black kind of sometimes, too. And I don't know. And I did not not shake his hand. I, anyway, we could have had a great conversation. He could have learned about blind people. He could have been humble and just be like, hey, you know what? I've never met a blind person. Wow, you got a daughter? That's your daughter? Wow, that's really cool. He could have literally made friends, shook hands been on his merry way and we both could have learned something right but no 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 that wasn't going to happen because critical race theory says i'm the racist and he knows it and he's the victim and i better know it you got it eldon what do you say sir yeah critical race theory sounds like something that's out of a, a cult or some some sort of you know religious type belief in, in a sense you can't really argue sensibly one way or another with people that uh, it exists or does not exist in a lot of ways. It's kind of like uh, talking to somebody about, well, uh, does man-made climate change really exist in a significant way? Uh, there's people that just believe it, and, and it's it's, uh, it's kind of like a religion to them, really. If you speak out against it, then they just say you're a heretic for not not believing. So, uh, you know, when you get that kind of thing that's taught in the schools, really, uh, yeah, the schools are teaching religion. They're teaching something that is a, a faith-based uh, belief, um, I think similar to the green religion, and uh, and then uh, that's that's pretty dangerous. So, uh, you know, the argument back in the day was we got to get religion, um, religious influence out of the schools, and uh, now we really have it, actually. Kurt? Well, Sam, it seems uh, so crazy that, uh, you know, we don't really have apparently any time to uh, talk about things like the Ten Commandments, um, you know, and our real history. Uh, for example, uh, you know, the bulletproof George Washington, uh, so many uh, other uh, real important things of our true history, and yet uh, we've got a come up with these uh, things that basically uh, tear America apart, in my opinion. I agree, and I think that's the sad tale to tell, ladies and gentlemen, about tearing America apart. One issue tearing America apart, no doubt, is race. And is this dishonest uh, agenda of critical race theory. I don't see any value in it whatsoever, unless it is, as Kurt wisely points out, designed to divide. And that's the sad tale to tell, really, um, regarding these kind of things. Let me just give you an example how racist it gets to make the point. I don't know if you know who Democratic Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is. Do you know who she is, Kurt? you know who she is, Eldon? Yep. Yes. All right. I don't know what color she is. Is she black? In the pictures, she is black, Sam. Mm -hmm. She looks okay. black. Does that mean she's black or not? Kind of dark. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she could be like uh, <laughs> Obama where he was half and half, and yet everybody always said he was black. So 
I don't know. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, I don't know why you can identify as a male or female, but you can't identify as a different race. But there you have it. Now, do we just determine that she's black by her looks, or is that a racist idea to do that? We really ought to know her ethnicity. What's that? Her ethnicity. ethnicity. Uh, but the bottom because, line uh, is, Sam. Uh, you understand that Pocahontas we... is not an Indian, right? <laughs> Good point. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, anyway, so I think this Lori Lightfoot is black, and I, I understand what you guys are saying. But here's the problem that I have with her. Remember, she's the victim. She can never be the racist. Do you hear me? Yep. According to critical race theory. Well, here's the headline. Democratic Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is giving interviews solely to black or brown journalists. Local reporters now announced on social media, and she says she's given priority, which means Ah, you're so far at the back of the bus, you don't even get an interview if you're white. Two black and brown journalists, um, to journalists of color temporarily. Do you want to respond to this? I, I don't get how that makes me a racist and her a victim. Boy, that does sound like, uh, you know, back of the bus type of thing, doesn't it? I mean, uh, just, uh, it, and she's a government official. So this yeah. would be... A, it, would there be a civil rights claim right there uh, for journalists to say, hey, you know, uh, there I, would I, be, I, but you got to file one, though. Someone's got to have the guts and put their money where their mouth right? is and get it done. Usually us white people, uh, they're as racist as we are. We usually just let it go and don't cause trouble and wreak havoc, you know? Yeah, but that's that's just a real, real problematic thing. Do you let that go? And what, what else is they're going to try. That's just such nonsense to try to say, well, you know, if, <laughs> if you're, and how do they even test for that? Uh, right. Who, who's going to make the decision that you're brown enough and not, not too white to do an interview with the, the uh, mayor. Well, that's why I'm talking about. It's all based it's on silly. looks. I'm sure that they look at them or I don't know if they do a background check on their, you know, DNA know. or their ethnicity or, I mean, I don't know how they get there. Now, Barack might be able to half interview her. Don't you think you could like do a half interview? Because isn't he half black and half racist? <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's about it. I mean, and I'm not trying to be funny here. Um, and I know it's kind of comical, and I get it. I'm not trying to be funny. What I'm really trying to do, though, is demonstrate how dishonest and how absurd this is. And most important question to me of the day is, why are we trying to use this as a wedge in the first place? Why don't we just come back and say, hey, you know what? We're all God's children. Let's behave like it. That was the whole summation of my speech uh, that I gave uh, live in Lander County, Nevada, just last weekend. By well, the way, that I whole like... event is a kickoff of the bus tour, uh, which we'll talk about later, too. There's an incredible bus tour going on. Uh, but anyway. I should make a plug yeah. for your listeners. On uh, There's a video that John Bursaside put out in the 60s, actually, called Anarchy USA. And it details how uh, the Marxists, uh, decided that the best way to kind of divide the people in the United States, other countries it was other issues, but in the United States it was on race and how they used uh, race agitation back then, and it's very similar to today. It's called Anarchy USA. Uh, we have a, a more recent uh, series called Anarchy and America, but you can see the, both of those on YouTube. Uh, great video documentary things. Um, Anarchy USA is what it's called. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great video. Don't get it mixed up with the Sex Pistols Anarchy in the USA video, though. 
<laughs> Just want to make sure yeah, you know yeah, what you'll... we're talking about here. It's the JBS version. <laughs> don't, and you got to be really careful, but it's, it's Anarchy in the U.S. 1966 John Birch Society. It's got a warning on it because they say it gets pretty rough. you got to understand this stuff isn't yeah. pleasant. Yeah. But this is the point, That's though. The JBS has been on this stuff for a long time, folks. This is not new. Uh, is really the point that Eldon would make, and he's pointing you to source material from years and years ago. I mean, it was a year before I was born that video even came out. Uh, and that that video is as relevant, if not more so today, than it was then, Eldon. Yeah, back in the day, you can imagine this is the 60s. The local chapters had to uh, raise $1,000 to bring that video and get a copy of that video and show it locally. And if you can imagine if you raised $1,000, you made darn sure that that video was shown to a lot of people, right? Um, I don't know how much that would be today, but a lot. So uh, that was, and it made a big impact. That was, you know, it has, I believe it has Malcolm X, uh, has Martin Luther King in there. So, you know, imagine this is the 60s, the riots were going on, all this stuff um, talks about how the, the communists, uh, over through, uh, I think, Angola, it mentions, goes into Cuba, uh, different things. So it really puts it in context of what is, what's the overall plan? What's going on here? What, how does this relate to um, kind of the larger picture? And boy, does it relate, Kurt. Well, couldn't agree more, Sam. Uh, and, uh, you know, the more, as they, they say, uh, you know, situation normal, all fouled up, a snafu, uh, the more things uh, change, the more they're the same. It seems like we get the same old stuff. And uh, as you said, the John Birch Society and uh, the New American Magazine uh, leading the way for many years. I, I was just looking at a piece from the headline reads, uh, Election, uh, Maricopa County election witness tells of shenanigans in 2020 ballot count. Uh, and uh, this lady, uh, she was uh, basically, um, they call her, um, she's not just any witness. They call her an MB, MBA. Now, that's not somebody that plays with LeBron and those guys. but uh, And she's uh, <laughs> retired from a major utility company. Whereas an IT project manager, she oversaw multi-million dollar technology, and she knows what she's talking about. Pretty interesting to see what she had to say. Liberty Roundtable Live. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. 
As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl, JBS.org, the field coordinator on the line, Kurt Crosby with me, well-known co-host and more, localhoneyman.com, Kurt's website, libertyroundtable.com, the live and on-demand radio archive site, along with lovingliberty.net, our nationally syndicated radio network, doing a phenomenal job. Download their iPhone and Android apps today for free live and on-demand radio at your fingertips. Uh, so, Kurt, what are you telling me now? You're telling me this lady's uh, uh, educated. Uh, she's standing up. She's got interesting details, huh? Well, yes, Sam. And, I, you know, uh, it seems like we hear everything about uh, stories about, oh, I don't know, uh, Floyd and all these other stories that the media wants to, uh, you know, cover over and over, you know, uh, whether it's the... I mean, it just goes on and on, uh, you know, sports, et cetera. But when a story like this from the New American that says uh, Maricopa County election witness tells of shenanigans in 2020 ballot count, and it talks about a lady in uh, this, uh, I guess maybe it goes to your story or your uh, point of the hour uh, because she is a white woman but she is a woman sam and usually that gives her kind of a step nope, up not enough anymore buddy white man that's right good point now uh, she's a black anyway, lesbian woman should get some credibility oh uh, yeah anyway uh in her case she's a m you know holds an mba masters of business administration retired from a major utility company where she was an IT project manager. Now, as far as I understand, that's information technology. They say she oversaw multi-million dollar technology. Uh, they say clearly in the article she has some idea of security protocols where networks are concerned. And she testified that she volunteered at multiple voting centers, but mostly at the Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center, or they call that MCTEC, where she spent six days, not six hours, not six minutes, but six days as an observer. In her testimony, she said of the tabulation equipment used to count the ballots and determine the results of the votes cast in Maricopa County, by the way, the largest county in Arizona, uh, Dominion employees were the only ones 
that were running any of that equipment. When she says Dominion report uh, employees, just so you know, uh, that's not uh, like the government is called Dominion, but that's the Dominion uh, voting equipment people. Uh, her exact testimony goes like this. I was in the tabulation center six different days, day and night shifts, and no county employees, no IT people, no one else was touching any of the software. They, in parentheses, Dominion, in parentheses, did all the training of the adjudicators. They ran all the reports, and so I brought this up on my very first day in the room. I said, this doesn't seem right. As a person with my background, never in a million years would I turn my company's most important things over to someone else. And there's only two guys, Dominions, Bruce and John, and they had control of everything. Uh, but the uh, New American article continues and says, but as bad as all that is, and it's plenty bad, Brian went on to explain what she called the biggest issue she had with everything she saw. When I came into MCTEC, that's Maricopa County, uh, the election center, uh, Tuesday and walked around where they were doing the hand entry of ballots, I noticed that laptop, uh, that laptop sitting there and Dominion employee John was working on it. It's not a secure room if you're bringing a laptop in and out of a room. Who knows what happened there? Every one of the 50 desktops that were in there had a row of USB ports on the side of it. So I get very angry when I hear some of our leaders here saying, oh, it's secure. Nothing can get in or out. That's not true. I will tell you that it is probably the biggest issue that I had. And then she talks about uh, CBS News reporting that, oh, any reports about this are all conspiracy and things like that. And the bottom line is, Sam, recently she spent a little time on... Uh, War Room, that's the program that Steve Bannon does, uh, and she's basically still singing the same tune, Sam and Eldon. Well, and the John Birch Society, as always, I told you about the start of the broadcast, Heather Magazine is probably one of the best if you really want to get cut up to date, in-depth research, real journalism. They don't care about black and white racial issues except for to document uh, the abuses and how wrong-headed it is. Uh, but again, JBS, right on top of that story, like nobody's business. Eldon? Yeah, this is a great article by Mitchell Shaw. Um, certainly encourage uh, your listeners to, to read it. And there's, there's uh, video clips in there, too. It's uh, just go to thenewamerican.com. And, uh, boy, I, who knows what's going to come out of Arizona. This might be quite explosive. Uh, another article just uh, noted that the Dominion, they have refused uh, a subpoena, I believe, from the, uh, from the legislature to turn over the passwords to the machines. Well, how are you going to uh, really do a good audit if you can't get the passwords to the machines? And who's really in charge of the election if you can't get the passwords to the machines? Well, if you can't get passwords, I just simply submit to you that they've committed fraud by the very nature that they've locked down the election results from the accountable officials elected by we the people, and we the people need to demand they go to prison. That's all. Yeah, yeah, there should be some but serious What I mean is that you just can't that, have so. this where it's like, oh, golly, they won't let us have it. That's horrible. No, no, no. 
who's in charge around here? As you wisely point out, not only who's in charge of the passwords, but who's in charge of the election and who's in charge of those looking into the election. We, the people, are in charge of it all. And if they won't give the passwords and let us look into it transparently like we want, number one, Dominion needs to be fired from all going forward elections, period, and a paragraph, at the least. But I submit yeah. to you that charges should be filed against them for literally criminal mischief. Kurt? Well, I couldn't agree more, Sam. And, uh, you know, you've seen the story just recently. I'm trying to find it. Uh, but the uh, bottom line is uh, the uh, Arizona guys, especially the uh, Board of Supervisors there of um, Maricopa County, said, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, we, we just want to end this whole thing. Uh, you know, you, you guys, the, uh, Arizona Senate is the one that's doing the, uh, investigating and, uh, the board of supervisors for Maricopa County wants this thing to, uh, go away, but I'm just like, well, um, <laughs> there's some interesting info because they, uh, the auditors have found that there was some information deleted from the Maricopa County election machine. And, uh, those guys actually, the guys at what's called Cypher, Ben Cotton there, he's the founder of Cypher. Uh, this is one of four firms working on this election audit said that, uh, he discovered a master file table that clearly indicated that the database directory was deleted from that server but he says uh, they've been able to recover all those deleted files and have access to that data. So you know the yeah, uh, now the AP is claiming that it was never deleted. It, it just turned out some of the firms didn't realize where the database was, which I find yeah. very, very strange, conflicting information to say the least. Kurt, good point. Good point. That's okay. exactly is the right. AP lying? Was it really deleted and recovered? Was it really that somebody just didn't know where it was? Was it really that they got caught deleting it and then went, oh, psych, it's over here, and they pointed to it so they didn't get in trouble for deleting it? What really happened? And the problem well, is we don't know, and you can't and like, trust them. And like you said, is the AP lying? And I would say, is it the AP for the answer? Right? You know, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Eldon, this is serious business, though. The more we dig in, it seems yeah, like it is. the more evidence we get, but the less the mainstream press is willing to discuss it and the less it seems like uh, accountability we can obtain on this thing. Uh, Joe, or Donald Trump just came out and said this is going to be, I can't remember the exact word, it's going to be the greatest election scandal in history. Uh, he said something to that effect. I, I'll have to try to look up the exact words, but Trump uh, has been speaking out highlighting this as we discover discover more evidence as well, Eldon. You know, one of the silver linings on this, Sam, is, is uh, we can actually learn from this, and, and uh, this makes a very good argument for election reforms that uh, would put the people back in charge of their own elections. Uh, if you can point to something where people say, hey, now I understand why we should uh, do this or that uh, to ensure election integrity. Uh, sometimes bad experience can be can be a good thing if if you're able to learn from it. Uh, hopefully that's the case, and we can point this out to people enough. Kurt. Well, yeah, with guys like uh, well, people like Sidney Powell, uh, you know, uh, our buddy there at uh, My Pillow, uh, and uh, so many others uh, going after it and uh, working on it, and besides people like the Arizona Senate and others, I think there's. Uh, 
way for people to find out the facts. Now, the big question is, how in the world do we get, well, the truth to uh, be told and the, uh, you know, the, the steal uh, stopped? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump saying Republicans should not approve the trap of the January 6th scandal. Commission is just more partisan unfairness. I think he's right, but 35 Republicans sold us out on that one. So there you have that. Um, yeah, yeah well, you get that from the uh, DonaldJTrump.com slash desk. Uh, you know, if you wonder what President Trump uh, has to say, you can sure read it there, huh, Sam? That's right. And more and more and more uh, information coming out relating to all this. Um, Eldon, uh, we had a huge win in Texas. We'll cover this in more detail next hour with Kurt. Eldon's got to drop off. Normally he's with us two hours, but he's got to fly today. But we thank him for his time nevertheless. But Eldon, I wanted to give you a chance to chime in on the story. Texas has literally shut down abortions in their state. They say uh, it's called the heartbeat bill. Uh, passed overwhelmingly in Texas in the House and the Senate. Governor Greg Abbott signed it. Uh, basically says, hey, this is a, you know what, as soon as we detect a heartbeat, as early as four weeks, you cannot abort that baby. Uh, and it's a very, very tough bill, and people are saying it's going to change the game uh, as the Supreme Court starts to debate and discuss um, bills relating to abortion. Uh, this is a, in my opinion, a huge heroic uh, decision, and I pray we have the guts to take this thing all the way to the finish line. Your thoughts on this one. I thought I'd give you a chance to weigh in before you fly on such a huge, um, I don't know what you call it, release or a bit of information here. Yeah, this is this is a, a significant step in the right direction, certainly, uh, where uh, the, the rights of the uh, the unborn can be protected. We, we need, of course, to uh, get rid of uh, prenatal infanticide in our country, which is what we should be calling it. The uh, more we can say that, the better. Uh, let's let's end end this uh, catastrophe once and for all, and, and make sure that uh, the lives of all people are protected. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk a lot about abortion next hour on the good news regarding that. Some shameful behavior by some people who hate life, and then we'll talk about a wonderful church news story. I just emailed it to you, Kurt, to review over the break here. It's by Liberty Council Matt Staver, doing a great job freeing churches. We'll talk about that as well. Your God-given right to worship shall not be taken away, not on our watch, not on Matt Staver's watch, ladies and gentlemen. That's the good news there. We'll break all that down for you next hour. Thank you, Eldon. Godspeed, everyone else. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for May 20th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is indeed our two of two the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, it is indeed news the network refused to use as we promote all things of value. 
Wow, do you have a talk show like that, ladies and gentlemen, in America today that understands the Constitution, that stands for the supreme law of the land, that isn't afraid to talk about God, family, and country? Does that exist hardly anywhere? I am afraid, sadly, the tale is told not so much, right? Sad. But frankly, the truth. All right, welcome to the broadcast. Kirk Cosby's with me. And uh, Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced on Wednesday that Texas had passed an abortion ban protecting every unborn child with a heartbeat. The heartbeat bill is now law in the Lone Star State, ladies and gentlemen. This bill ensures the life of every unborn child that has a heartbeat. Wow. Will be saved from the ravages of abortion. After voting on partial birth abortion, well, I guess this thug in the uh, Biden administration, he voted, he voted on the partial birth um, abortion ban himself. The guy's name is Becerra, I guess it is. B-E-C-E-R-R-A, Becerra, claims there's no such law. I guess he happens to be Biden's health and Human Services Secretary. He's now told to stop lying because he claims that there's no such law, but he knows there's a law, and he's lying about it. Stories by Bob Unruh. WND, of course, brings that out. But I look at this, and I go, Greg Abbott doing a phenomenal job. The Biden administration pro-death. The controversy, the divide, couldn't be greater than it is now. It started in 1973 when we licensed murder legalized murder if you will uh and it's been going on 60 million babies murdered since approximately uh and now people are starting to buck up and take on the fight like never before good for texas shame on biden and team good for trump and team uh this battle is going on now Uh, mississippi i guess gonna be going to the supreme court of this so the battle's on for the hearts and minds of the american people regarding uh pro-life or pro-death Kurt, you want to chime in on this one? Well, sure, Sam. Uh, you know, there there couldn't, I believe you've told us this uh, for many years, but that uh, there couldn't be a more important um, item than, well, life, right? I mean, uh, if you don't have that, you really don't need to worry about your Second Amendment or anything else. Uh, and... Uh, you know, the bottom line is here, um, you know, states, at least some of them, uh, are showing some courage, uh, some of the governors and et cetera. And uh, they're standing up um, and uh, saying, hey, this is, uh, I mean, a baby or when it's got a heartbeat. And uh, there's those of us who believe it's even before that. But at least, uh, you know, we don't uh, just allow that killing of those to continue is what my hope is amen to that i agree life starts much before even the heartbeat but it's a it's a start it's somewhere you know there's a lot of battle lines being drawn it used to be you know partial birth abortions kind of late stage abortion stuff or it used to be you know all kinds of other litmus tests being used um you know but hey the the heartbeat effort is a serious effort to make it closer and closer and closer to the truth. I applaud everything that's been done to date. As you mentioned, they are 
um, courageous. They're taking courage. I believe courage is contagious. So I believe that more people will start to stand up for pro-life. And I think, uh, as Mike Lee says uh, on this radio program, I've clipped out kind of a pro-life commercial from Mike Lee about this, where he says, you know what? We know what they know. And that is they're murdering babies. And modern-day imaging and everything else is proving what we've known all along. And uh, uh, investigative journalists, intrepid governors, um, credible talk show hosts, I could go on and on and on, are now advocating the pro-life cause like never before. And I agree with you. I don't know that there's a more important issue because dead people aren't racist, that's for sure. Well, maybe they are, I guess, if they're white. You know what I mean? Uh, But look, you look at this and you go, the whole purpose of government is to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness codified oftentimes as property. And you go, well, if we don't have life, do we need liberty? If we don't have life, do we need property? So life is the quintessential discussion point, in my opinion, relating to the proper role of government. Everything else we want government to protect and preserve and defend is related to life, is it not? And so I think this is critical, ladies and gentlemen, Well, this debate is worldwide about murder, pro-life, and pro-death. And good for Greg Abbott. Shame on this uh, Becerra guy who happens to be the uh, health and human services whatever. He's lying now, but shame on that guy. But now the debate gets even more poignant, Kurt, and I have a word to say about this one. Here's the headline. Biologist and emeritus... University of Oxford professor, guy's name is Richard Dawkins. He's again drawing fire for saying that Down syndrome babies should be aborted. Now, Dawkins sparked backlash back in 2014 when he advised someone on Twitter to abort it and try again if that person had a child with Down syndrome. Adding, it would be immoral to bring it into the world. Now, I don't like all this it stuff when we're referring to babies and children, but that's how this guy is, right? If you have a choice, he says, abort it, kill it, get rid of it, don't need it. The biologist reemphasized his argument in early May when he spoke with radio host Brendan O'Connor, who is also the father of a child with Down syndrome. Okay, so now he's on a radio program with a talk show host, father of a baby with Down syndrome. Dawkins stressed that he does not doubt that the parents of a child with Down syndrome, or Down syndrome, I'm sorry, loves their child, but said that having a child without a disability Listen carefully. Having a child without a disability would make the world a happier place. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he says. Having a child without a disability would be a happier place. Abort it and try again. It would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice the professor says. So having a child without disability makes a happier place. Now, Dawkins then admitted that it was putting it a little bit too strongly. But given the amount of suffering 
in the world probably does not go down, probably does go up compared to having another child who doesn't have Down syndrome. Then that's what I meant. But I want to stress over and over that I was, of course, not suggesting that people who already have a Down syndrome child don't love it, shouldn't love it, Dawkins said. Now, so the idea here is this guy's saying, hey, it brings uh, less happiness, more suffering to have babies with disabilities. Therefore, you ought to abort them and and rid ourselves of them. O'Connor, that's the father of a Down syndrome baby and a talk show host, pressed Dawkins, this murderous professor from Oxford, and he says this, how do you know that having a child with Down syndrome increases suffering in the world? The professor had to admit that he didn't know. Anyway, the bottom line is people are criticizing this whacked out Richard Dawkins all over the world now. So a mother now emails, or I guess suggests on her Twitter feed or whatever that says, if I'm an immoral woman for not killing Betsy, my daughter, my Down syndrome daughter, you need to unfollow me now. I don't want your hate in my life, she continues. Now, I have a little bit of reason to speak out on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Right now they're talking about Down syndrome babies, but in that was this broad stroke discussion about anybody born with a disability brings more suffering to the world and less happiness. And anybody responsible, anybody moral would murder that baby, kill it, abort it, because you don't want to bring any more suffering into the world, and you certainly wouldn't want to ratchet the happiness of the world level down. Now I got something to say to you, Mr. Richard Wacko. Okay, you're a flat-out psychotic nutcase. I don't know if you have brain damage, but it appears to me as though you do. Richard Dawkins, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to just be offensive with my comments, but when you say those kinds of things, I wonder if you really are brain damaged. You're supposed to be a professor. You're supposed to be knowledgeable. Okay, but I, I really honestly wonder if you have brain damage. And let me explain to you why right after the break. This is a little bit scientific, and I'll break it down. I want to get Kurt's take on this as well, and then we got a great news story to follow up on this. How's that? You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. 
Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about this whacked-out Oxford professor by the name of Richard Dawkins who believes that you ought to abort babies with Down syndrome. He believes that there will be more happiness in the world, less suffering in the world if you just murder the Down syndrome baby. And uh, if you go ahead and try again for a baby that doesn't have any disabilities that's healthy... Now, let me give this a biologist or whatever this guy is. What is he? I mean, this wacko. He's a biologist, okay? Let me explain to this biologist a little bit about <clears throat> genes and, and, and that kind of thing. I don't know if you know, but everybody has two copies of a given gene. And when you are made as a child, in other words, when the procreative power takes place between male and female and God... One copy of the male and one copy of the female gene gets sent to the baby in a variety of combinations. Now, I know I'm simplifying DNA big time. I get it. But just just hang with me, all you experts out there. And so what happens is that you get one or the other of the mom's gene or one or the other of the dad's gene in a variety of combinations. That's why everybody's so different. But everybody passes along mutated genes. Everyone in their genome has mutated genes. In other words, some flaw in their DNA. And those flaws, depending on how those genes are passed, can either manifest themselves or not. But you still become either carrier or you become a victim of those flawed genes. Genes. So in my case, for example, my mother had two copies of a certain gene. It's called the GUYC2D gene for you DNA experts out there. Have a good time playing with that one. And nevertheless, um, my mom has two of those genes, and my dad has two of those genes. And, well, my mom had a mutated one, and my dad had a mutated one. My mom had a good one, and my dad had a good one. So they both had a good gene and a bad gene. Got it? Well, it just so happens that they both passed me the bad gene, the mutated one. And therefore, I am by recessive DNA trait blind because the gene that i'm pointing to relates to the retina which relates to not making the proper proteins and therefore that's the reason that i am blind well i bring this up because the doctor needs to understand something if my mother has one good gene and one bad gene she's a carrier if my father has a good gene and a bad gene he's a carrier they don't know that 
because unless they get all their genomes tested and everything else, and we don't know even know all the genes and all the flaws and all the mutations and everything that can go on, so there might not even be a way to test for it. When I was born in 1967, there was no way to even identify and or test for these things to that degree that they can now. My my gene uh, of recessive trait was not even identified at that point. Anyway, nevertheless, so that means that I'm a blind person because I got a bad gene from either parent. I have brothers, and they did not get the bad gene. They, they got a good gene uh, from their mother and from their father, and therefore they can see. Well, my children now, because I have two bad genes, right? So number one, I'm passing on two bad genes for sure because that's all I have, one for my father, one for my mother, both bad genes, all right? So I am going to pass on a bad gene to all my eight children, Now, my eight children are carriers of that. Now, listen to me very carefully because this has to do with agency. So when my children get married, I explain to their spouse the circumstance of my blindness and how the genes work. And I say, you know, you have a 25% chance of your children being blind. Or less. It depends on if the mother and the father are carriers or not. So you can either go get tested spouse to find out if you have two good copies of the gene or if you have a bad copy of the gene, right? Anyway, long story short, if the other parent has good genes, both of them, then you might pass along the carrier gene, but you wouldn't pass along the lethal or the make someone blind gene that would certainly without a doubt reduce happiness on the planet especially as if i was off your radio mr professor certainly would reduce happiness and increase suffering worldwide you got it so anyway i digress except to say the reason i have something to say about this is really um people with down syndrome and people with other illnesses have flaws passed along as well Sometimes those flaws are genetic. Sometimes those flaws are um, circumstantial, meaning that that something happens uh, the way the baby develops. I'm not here to debate Down syndrome versus blindness. What I'm trying to get across is this doesn't relate to either specific case. What it relates to is there are reasons that babies are born with disabilities, some of them genetic, some of them otherwise. But the reason that I bring this up to you is every child of God is of infinite worth and we need to hang on to that God-given God-ordained reality and do not listen to whacked out men and women that probably have brain damage for your guidance on these sacred sacred issues my fellow Americans I am grateful that I'm alive I am grateful that I can be on your radio and tell the tale of liberty every day of my life I am grateful that I can pass to my children all the good that I can. Do I have flaws that I pass along? Yes, I do. Does everybody else have flaws they pass along to their children? Ask the DNA experts. You will find out that I'm absolutely correct. Yes, everybody passes on flawed genes somewhere. Sometimes it's just a carrier gene to manifest itself several generations down. Most of the time, people don't even know they're passing along these uh, carrier genes that have uh, opportunity for all kinds of issues, whether it be lip ties, whether it be cleft palate, whether it be blindness, whether it be Down syndrome, whether it be, okay, sometimes these things are passed along genetically, sometimes they're passed along circumstantially. Sometimes we don't know how or why they're passed along. 
Thus, when I was born, they didn't know why. When I was about 41, I understood and learned about, and we had documented the reasons why and done a DNA gene sequencing to prove which genes were responsible and then to back into what was lacking in those mutated genes that would take away sight. So we know a lot about it now. There's gene therapies and other things in place that they're working on now. I'm quite caught up on the uh, technicalities of this for a layman. I'm not one of them educated professors with brain damage, but I can tell you what's going on. So this professor probably has a lot of flaws, and what I would recommend we do for him is we do our very best to gene sequence every part of his genome, and we find out what flaws he may have because, man, I don't know that a guy like that with flaws ought to be born. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Now that I think about it, every one of us has those flaws. There's only one perfect person. And he might have even had physical flaws. He was perfect in that he was sinless, right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is part of the mortality reality that we all face. The key is to learn to understand that we should have agency. And with that agency, we should be pro-life. We should reject pro-death. And we should stand together as Americans. And as people around the world that celebrate life and celebrate what God has given us. All I can tell you is if you want to register the happiness level, you watch a Down syndrome child go into church where they're worshiping God and give them a chance to sing, to dance, to speak, to participate in something where you can feel the love radiating from their every pore. And you tell me they don't increase the level of happiness in the world like you wouldn't believe. People smile from ear to ear. People are in their hearts saying, this makes me want to be the best I can be. This makes me want to be better. This makes me want to do all I can to feel that love and to radiate and echo that love around the world like they do. They just ooze of it, ladies and gentlemen. And when they dance and when they sing, it is so cute and so humbling. And so I don't even know the right words to use. I, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm I'm not even doing it justice because of the lack of my ability to express language here. But I am telling you, it is beyond words. Whether that's Down syndrome, whether it's other illnesses that people have, whether it's a blind person or a deaf person or a... May I digress and remind you of a scripture? In John chapter 9 in the Bible, the apostles are sitting there with the Savior, Jesus Christ, and a blind man's brought you know by with his parents and... They said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, said, neither. The reason this man was born blind is so that the works of God may be manifest through him. And I submit to you that some of these people brought to the earth with disabilities, God knows. Okay, he's omnipotent, omniscient. He, okay, he knows. And he brought these people to the earth in many cases. I'm one of them, by the way. Uh, he brought us to the earth to try to help us have a little more love, a little more hope, a little more cheer, a little more gratitude, a little more humility, a little more appreciation. I can continue. But make no mistake, I submit to you that every one of these God-given treasures increase happiness. That's been my 50-plus year experience on the planet. How about you? Proclaiming liberty across the land. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. House Intelligence Committee Ranking Member Devin Nunes, Republican from California, said Wednesday there is significant circumstantial evidence that the COVID-19 outbreak started from a leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and is urging the federal government to put more pressure on China to allow for a full, credible investigation into the sources of the global pandemic. The congressman said it's the only way to prevent or quickly mitigate future pandemics. New York State Police conducted a search at the home of Rochester Mayor Democrat Lovely Warren as part of a criminal investigation. Warren is in the middle of a re-election campaign with a primary coming up next month. Police said the search warrant is part of an ongoing criminal investigation and had nothing to do with Warren's indictment on felony campaign fraud charges, with that case still pending in state court. Congratulations to New York Yankees pitcher Corey Kluber for throwing a no-hitter on Wednesday against the Texas Rangers. USA Radio News. I need these boxes in bin seven. Oh, hello. Hi. I just wanted to call in and find out when... Whitney's warehouse foreman just retired, and the replacement needs to move to fulfillment. Hold on. Guys, can we get the dock cleared now? Indeed can help her hire the people she needs. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. When you sponsor a job, you immediately get your short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. When I first switched over, because I stopped taking the other supplements I was taking and switched over all the way to Balance of Nature, I really noticed a huge difference. It was amazing. Like better sleep, better attention, better energy. It was just really, really great. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. Why do criminals favor Bitcoin payments? It's untraceable. And the Colonial Pipeline found that out last week. With more details on the oil pipeline that was shut down by hackers, Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau. The operator of the Colonial Pipeline learned it was in trouble at daybreak on May 7th when an employee found a ransom note from hackers on the control room computer. By that night, Joseph Blunt, CEO of Colonial Pipeline, told the Wall Street Journal he authorized a ransom payment of $4.4 million because executives were unsure how badly the site attack had breached its systems or how long it would take to bring the pipeline back. The FBI has linked the ransomware attack on Colonial to a criminal gang known as Darkside, which is believed to be based in Eastern Europe, which specializes in crafting the malware used to breach systems and shares it with affiliates. The ransom payment made in Bitcoin is untraceable. Bitcoin was launched in 2009. USA Radio News. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, I've said enough. Kurt Crosby, what do you think of this whacked-out professor? I, I really wonder what kind of brain damage the guy has from a scientific point of view, uh, as well as a, a, a pro-life, pro-death point. I mean, the guy has literally lost his marbles. Uh, and I think everything that he says is completely upside down from the truth. Kurt? Well, he's definitely woke, huh, Sam? Uh, you know, in, the, in this world we live in, uh, up is down, it seems like, and down is up and sideways. You know, I mean, it's just black is white. Everything seems to be topsy-turvy, or you could say a snafu, a situation normal. 
uh, all fouled up. Uh, but anyway, at least in the good news section uh, from our buddies there at the uh, Liberty Council, you have a uh, headline, California Churches Free at Last. Uh, and you pointed this out and brought it to us. Uh, and it says, uh, California churches and places of worship are finally free to worship as they please. Not as Governor Gavin Newsom demands, uh, California will never again be able to steal the religious freedom of Californians. And I would say, well, mm, I don't know about never, but, you know, because it seems like you got to keep fighting for his uh, freedom, et cetera, all the time. Uh, but anyway, it says, thanks to a historic settlement achieved by Li Liberty Council. And it says... Uh, now, Kurt, let me just stop you, know, you there and say, this yes. is significant, though. Liberty Council spends a lot of money and a lot of time working on these things. And most of the time, these things happen behind the scenes. And you don't get word of it because nobody... Well, I shouldn't say nobody. Very few of us are willing to report the inside details. We get the details directly from Matt Staver at Liberty Council because we're part of his Liberty Action Committee and his group. And so we take these stories and run with them. But it, most people don't really realize the incredible work. They just go back to church and worship, and they're grateful. But they don't realize what kind of hard work and money and time and effort is really behind um, our defense of liberty in this regard that Matt and others do so well. It's important to make sure that people are aware of this, Kurt. Couldn't agree with you more. And uh, in the uh, Liberty Council uh, news alert says, uh, having terrorized California churches for over a year, Governor Gavin Newsom has now been forced to wave the white flag to surrender. In Liberty Council's case against Newsom, we have obtained a permanent statewide injunction prohibiting him and the state of California from ever issuing another discriminatory COVID restriction on any church or any or place of worship in the state. No more church closings, no more capacity limits, no more singing bands, no more fines, no more threats of prison, no more, not ever. So the they say the California churches are once again free to be churches, free to worship and minister to people as the Lord leads, not as government dictates. The Constitution, they say, has been fully restored and vindicated. Um, so they say this is the first statewide permanent injunction in the nation. Uh, we believe, they go on to say, it will be followed by many others in numerous other cases that we continue to pursue in Illinois, Kentucky, Maine, Virginia, and elsewhere coast-to-coast. -coast. Liberty Council is determined to ensure that the constitutional violations we have witnessed uh, over the last year will never be repeated against the church. And so uh, I don't know what else to say about it, but it, it's nice to have a little good news, huh, Sam? In my opinion, when you learn about people with disabilities and you uh, and interact with them in their lives, it, you begin to have a deep appreciation for God and for his love for all of us. And you begin to understand that we all have talents and attributes that are a blessing. And one of the best places to find that out is not the bar. It is not Oxford University. It is the church. Okay, it's one of the greatest places to find a spouse. It's one of the greatest places to, to, to learn about love, to learn about forgiveness and repentance and hope and change and the Savior Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, California churches 
and places of worship are finally free to worship as they please, not as Governor Whacked Out Newsom demands. Matt Staver, Liberty Council, libertyaction.org, doing a great job. Anyway, I just that story makes me happy, Kurt, when I see it. And the opportunity to talk about people with disabilities makes me happy when I see it, too. Um, not just because I personally have a disability, but because I understand when I see other people with disabilities, when somebody has a disability that I don't have, let's say somebody can't walk, or let's say that somebody can't hear, or let's say that somebody uh, is a Down syndrome baby, or somebody is literally um, suffering from retardation. I don't know how to say it politically correct. They're retarded. Or uh, other things. My heart goes out to them. And my appreciation for them um, and what they're going through is, is it just, it helps me be a better person. And I really think that's part of God's purposes. Uh, anyway, I digress. Hey, Kurt, you know what Rumble you know, is, buddy? Uh, just, yes, sir. Yes, I do. Uh, but just real quick before you go there, uh, you know, it makes me think of when we talk about disabilities, it makes me think of the days of old when the, our buddy Brian would be with us and uh, you and uh, then me uh, you know I'd be there as well and and uh, we uh, at least I always felt like everybody has something that they're maybe not as good at as somebody else and uh, so you know if you're talking about disabilities like when you put Sam and I together with uh, uh, you know the topic IT for example uh, then I'll tell you who's the disabled one, and uh, it's not Sam. Uh, but uh, I remember when uh, we'd get together with our buddy Brian, who had uh, cerebral palsy, and, and although he could see, you know, he felt bad for Sam because, you know, Sam, you know, you have that, quote, disability uh, of blindness. And yet uh, you would feel bad for Brian because uh, he would, have a hard time saying the words he'd like to say, and you don't really have a hard time saying things. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I mean, when you really look yeah, at many the whole disabled, <laughs> and when you have a, this idea of disability, uh, you know, I, I believe you can really analyze things and say that, well, everybody is, is somewhat disabled at something, you know. There you have it. Yeah. And, you know, the Weber uh, had a struggle talking. He had a struggle walking. He had a struggle eating. I mean, he had a lot of uh, difficulties, and I felt bad for him, too, and would try to help the best I could. I, I don't know how much help I was to him, but, you know, he was a great guy, incredibly intelligent. And I submit to you, the world is a better place because that guy was on it. I miss the guy. The Weber was his nickname because he was a website guy. Uh, for a long time until he got older and, and, and couldn't do some of that or whatever. And he had this little thing that went over his keyboard. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a little metal thing with holes in it, right, Kurt? That's exactly right because, you know, his control of his fingers and his hand was just, you know, not really there. I mean, Sam can type it, what is it, 80 words a minute or something like that. I mean, uh, uh, that thing of yours can go pretty I can type fast, pretty good because I've been typing since I was three years old yeah and where Brian you know if he was doing it you know he'd be lucky to get I don't know maybe eight words a minute um, and uh, you know his fingers wouldn't work the same way you know and yet uh, each of us 
uh, I think Brian felt gifted, if you will, when it came to his eyesight, uh, when he'd get together with Sam. And then I, I believe maybe you felt gifted when it came to your uh, ability to do the things you could do maybe a little better than Brian, you know? So and I don't know that I really felt gifted, but I did feel grateful and I did appreciate, yeah. you know, uh, the blessings that I had. It made me more grateful for the things that I had. It made me not take them for granted so much. Walking, uh, you know, is something that I pretty much just don't think about or talking something yeah. that I don't, Good but it made point. me appreciative for those things. And it made me, I wouldn't say it made me feel sorry for Brian, but it did give me an amount of respect when Brian would write me an email, just for example, um, you know, for me to write an email, it's like, <laughs> dude, it's nothing. Boom. I can write an email for Brian. It would take him like an hour to write an email because he had to use this little thing with this metal thing and just poke at these keys. And, you know, when he wrote an email, I wanted to read it. Cause I'm like, Hey, this guy put time into this. He put serious effort into this and i want to make sure that i'm listening to what he has what he's so painstakingly taking time to give to me a question a thought an idea uh, and, and so i would pay attention to the guy um, more so uh, than others almost because i realized what kind of a sacrifice he had to put in uh, to make that happen in the first place anyway um all i'm telling you is that we all see one another and and it makes us want to be better when we see the difficulties and the struggles, we also are very adept at handling our own problems and not others. So they say, you know, if you're blind, would you rather be deaf? And my response is, heck no. And the deaf person, if they say, would you rather be blind or deaf? They'd say, oh, I'd stick with being deaf. You know, we always look at other people's problems and are grateful for our own. I think that's by design of Almighty God as well. But make no mistake, plenty of happiness brought to the world by people with disabilities. That's for sure. When we come back, we'll talk about rumble. I think there's a rumbling going on, Kurt. We'll tell you about it in seconds on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly. But I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. 
the solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Back is live on your radio, Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby Live. There's rumbling going on, ladies and gentlemen. The service is called Rumble. I haven't heard about it until just recently. But Rumble is an online video sharing service. And it has received investment from prominent venture capitalists. They call it Venture Capital Fund. I think you call it Naria Capital Co., which was founded by J.D. Vance and... Investor Peter Theo, that's the PayPal guy that we know of or whatever that's been a libertarian guy for quite some time. They're leading the investment, Wall Street Journal with the details. Um, And people are wondering, will this be um, a major play against big tech? Uh, Time will tell, but they say that they're going to expand the news, I'm sorry, the uh, video service to where it can provide support for other businesses that need to get away from YouTube and, and other platforms. Uh, and they say it's going to be huge. Um, the amount of money put in is not disclosed, but some are saying it's upwards of $500 million. So this is big. And this is another player in the new media stage that we haven't seen before. Our prayers are that they're genuine and real and that they respect the First Amendment as much as we do. Kurt? Well, those are good prayers, Sam. Uh, my concern, uh, at least uh, when I'm looking at the nypost.com piece about it, says uh, headline, Facebook director Peter Thiel invests in conservative rival Rumble. So, um, you know, I mean, I knew of Peter Thiel back in the days when you know, it seemed like he was going to put together an island uh, and uh, basically... Uh, you know, build his own little island, and then, you know, you'd have, uh, I guess, the law would be made up uh, based on whatever you guys wanted on the island. But now, uh, you know, I guess uh, he's going to play in this, uh, you know, other technology area. They say that Rumble also plans to add cloud services to businesses, bringing the firm in competition with sector leaders, Amazon, Google, and Azure. Um, so, you know, they're doing what, at least what you've always taught, and that is you've got to pretty much build your own thing, right, Sam? BYOM, buddy, build or, you know, bring your own media, (laughs) buy your own media, build, bring whatever, yeah, your own media, no doubt about it. And I think this is uh, significant. I don't know how successful they'll be or not. Time will tell. Some are saying this is the answer to big tech. I'm saying, will it be the answer? Because I don't know. You're right. Peter Thiel talked about an island. He also talked about building these, um, I don't know what you call them. You know what a cruise ship is, how huge it is, and people can literally live on there. So we talked about building international waters ships that you could buy a condo or buy a, I don't know what you call it, on there, a cabin. Uh, and you would live on this ship, and the rules would be made up by the ship because it's in international waters and stuff like that. He had talked about that kind of an idea, too. And some of those things I don't think ever really came to fruition. It reminds me a little bit of Elon Musk, where he basically is like, oh, I'm going to do these Hyperloop trains, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. And half these things don't come to fruition. 
but I hope that we have a new player on the new media takes center stage discussion, Kurt, because I don't believe I'm not one of the guys that believe, oh, we've got enough now that I'm here. Don't don't have more. I'm not afraid of that competition. Uh, and I would say that we could work together. So, Peter, give me a ring, buddy. And uh, we'll do what we can to work together and, and to make a difference in this space that's so sorely needed. Finances in this space are needed. Incredible people that don't have allegiance to uh, the deep swamp are needed. Helping President Donald Trump, helping uh, Mike Lindell, uh, helping Ben Swan uh, and others who are working on this, uh, Del Bigtree and others, helping all these new media ventures come to fruition would be my goal, even though I was here before all of them with little old Liberty News Radio and then loving Liberty Radio Networks and Liberty Roundtable Live and the things that we do. I'm not, I'm not jealous. I'm saying we need more of us because we need to take on the mainstream press like never before. And I believe we can all do it together and i believe we can be successful and so kurt i i bring this up because let me give you an example you know who greta thunberg is right Mm, doesn't ring a bell right now remind me please oh the second i tell you you'll know it's that little girl that was like 15 years old or 16 oh yeah and spoke about climate change and shame on all you right she was going to ride a boat across the ocean instead of... Uh, well, she did, yeah. Know. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so the reason that you know about Greta Thunberg is because the mainstream press can take a little girl. Um, by the famous. way, she has a disability, you know. And I'm yeah, not here to criticize her disability. by the but mainstream I, but, press. But I'm making the point that, you know, this... I don't know, they'd have to argue with the professor about that. Let them take that on themselves. Nevertheless... Greta was basically taken from an obscure little girl in school in, in another country and brought to the United States and made a literal worldwide rock star virtually overnight. They had her testify before the United Nations. Uh, they put her in news articles left and right. The media made her from nobody to somebody in a day. Boom. And we need enough media on our side, enough conservative, constitutional, whatever words you want to use, against the swamp, we need enough to really be able to do the same thing. We should be able to take, say, a Kurt Crosby or, or one of these people and say, you know what, you might not have known about Kurt. Kurt's got a bigger profile than Greta had, though, by far. But I digress, except to say we need to be able to, with our say, with our nod, be able to turn somebody else into a household name overnight. That just shows you right now the matchless power of the media. Now, when I say matchless, I don't mean when we're talking about God. I mean when we're talking about our side of the discussion. Now, God, of course, nobody can match God Almighty. But in our side, we can't match that matchless media. And until we can, we need more media. We need more ability to make something go viral. More ability to make something, um, well, we need to make popular that which is good and unpopular that which is evil. And we need to be so consistent, so united in doing so that they cannot stop us. And I use that as, a, as an example. You took a Barack Obama, a no-name, made him senator, made him president of the United States. See, they've got tremendous power. We're making a dent in that power with our efforts. But we got a lot more to go, that's for sure. Anyway, Rumble. I hope the rumble's a good one. Time will tell.
We'll keep an eye on that ball just for you. Final story of the hour. Five Oregon counties approve measures to secede and join Idaho. So these are Oregon counties. I I guess they say Lake, Grant, Baker, Sherman, and Malheur counties approve measures requiring a county officials to take steps to secede and move the Idaho border west, further west, in order to encompass the counties. That's according to the Hill newspaper, or Hill, uh, yeah, I guess newspaper is what you call it. They say two other counties, Jefferson and Union, voted in favor of doing this uh, in November. So, Kurt, what you have now is seven counties that want to leave the liberal state of Oregon because they say the, the big centers, the big city centers are so big they don't represent uh, the rural counties. And so these seven counties want to leave Oregon and join the state of Idaho. Um, they say it's not likely to happen to this point. Um, but I say it all depends on if you keep pushing for it. Now, I have a debate whether I'm for it or not. <laughs> Let me explain. I think that there's a, a authority or right to accomplish these things, for sure. The Constitution allows for these kinds of changes. Um, I'm for it because I feel bad for these counties that are forced by the liberals in these big cities, and they don't have any representation. So I get their reasoning, their need, their desire, their want to do such a thing. I'm a little bit concerned, though, because if they're not careful, uh, they might bring uh, greater size to Idaho, and I don't know how good that would be uh, in the long run. I don't know how many peoples, if you will, it relates to. I don't know how big each one of those seven counties are, but it's surely going to make Idaho a much bigger state, make Oregon a smaller state. Overall, I would say that I'm for it. I'm just a little concerned uh, about how all that looks. What do you think is going to happen, Kurt? Any word on this one? Well, like you said, if they uh, continue to work at it, um, you know, it's a possibility. Uh, when you look at it, it's basically... <laughs> Uh, I can see why they'd want to be part of at least Idaho. Your options there would be Washington, Oregon, California, or Nevada, you know, besides Idaho. And so I would certainly say be part of greater Idaho, they call it. Um, yeah, now Idaho is one of the, the best states in the country. It's not perfect. I get that there's problems, but, you know, it's one of the smaller states. There's only, what, about a million and a half people in the state of Idaho right now, Kurt, something like that? I suppose you're right. I don't know the exact numbers, but I know these different counties all had uh, very few people uh, participating in the vote, but that's just basically because they're uh, rural areas, you know. And uh, they, uh, I mean, isn't it interesting where, you know, these so-called pro-choice crowd, uh, in other words, they want you to choose to kill a baby if you're going to choose to join another state and leave their <clears throat> grips if you will uh, then you know they don't really want to allow that kind of choice right sam yeah there you have it wow all right well i thought i'd bring that to your attention it's something that we ought to keep an eye on the ball for yes and um you know, it's something that I, I really think. I mean, Idaho's not a perfect state. I don't think there's a perfect state in the union. I'm looking for the first state that rejects income tax and property tax. 
That's what point. That's what I'm perfectly looking for. No state has done it yet, um, because I believe they're both uh, unconstitutional taxes. First of all, yeah. Um, but I will say Idaho at least is one of the smaller states, and is one of the states that has a. Um, oh, I don't know what you say. A, a nice. Oh, what's the word? They have all kinds of outdoor. Um, it's a, it's a very outdoor state is maybe the yeah. way to describe it. Okay, Wyoming is uh, as well, but Wyoming is so cold in the winter. North and South Dakota so cold. Yeah, I mean, Idaho in the southeast portion is way cold too, but not not comparatively. Uh, and all I know is Idaho is a pretty good state, not too far from airports, but the Boise Airport, the Salt Lake Airport. Um, you know, it's you get some of those other places, and they become even uber rural comparatively speaking. Idaho is one of the counties or the uh, states that has a lot of. The best of both worlds, small enough but close enough, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, their laws are better than most states as well. Uh, anyway, I, I digress to go on about Idaho, but I understand why these people want to um, jettison Oregon or jettison Washington uh, or whatever and, and go to some of these um, states. I know some of the uh, uh, South Oregon counties are wanting, or Northern California counties are wanting to join South Oregon too. So we might just have a shift all across if, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on that fall. But I get the desire to have representation. And we're lacking that in America today when we used to have, what, one to less than 35,000 congressmen to person? And now it's way above that. I get the desire and the need for representation. I'll tell you that right now. I can't even get a hold of my congressman. Hardly at all. It's really tough. I have to use my talk show host status to even get him to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of a bad tale to tell, I'll tell you that right now. For Kurt Crosby and Sam Bushman, thank you so much for listening. Godspeed. We, the people, can restore America. We declare this nation shall endure. Will you help us? God save the republic.